Hey guys, this episode is a little different than all the previous Friday episodes. If you caught it last week, we talked about how we're restructuring our podcast. We are going to have our Friday episodes be more about something that's interesting us, something we're passionate about, something we're learning. Because Chris and I, as you know, have all of these little nuggets that we gather and we love to learn Mm -hmm. and we love to grow. And so this episode is the start of that. And Chris took this little test. It's a little quiz. Yes, a little short quiz. And he asked me yesterday, a couple days ago, to take the test myself also, and we could talk about it. So I did that. And in this episode, that's what we do. We dive into this test and... We talk about it. I will say we started off... So it give it a, give it a second. I kind of find my bearings with trying to explain it. Yeah. Uh, but then it, it picks up and we really get into it and, I, and it turns into a really, really good conversation. So yeah. if you feel like, man, Chris is fumbling his words around a little bit. <laughs> I am because I'm trying to figure out how to explain it. But it it really does turn into some interesting conversation where I think we have some realizations about ourselves. Oh, and yeah. A lot of even aha you, moments. And yeah. this, this is not just preface at all wedding related. Um, no, not at all. This is just self-development and you know we're all which is something that that we are passionate about yeah we love that so we even get into some talks about pokemon cards and (laughs) and all sorts of random stuff but um that is the core of the the episode as we talk about this this test that i found that's uh i'll explain all about it but it really really helped me have some aha moments about myself yep absolutely so that's we kind of wanted to give you a little summary because again we're also figuring this out and I wanted to also thank all of you that have left us reviews on the podcast and those fuel us up we continue to say that but again thank you so much for taking the time to give us a star rating or even just going further and writing a review about how you feel about the podcast and how it has impacted your life share it with a friend without I guess further ado Here's a little bit into the way Chris and I just have random ass conversations. (laughs) I have the chills. Why is that? Because I just ate. Have you ever. And that gives you chills? Yeah. Like. Did you do you remember in school whenever you would go to the cafeteria for lunch and you would get yes. really cold? Yes. After that lunch hour. Oh my god. In your yes. next class you're always freezing. It's cuz like your body puts all of its energy into digesting your food. And so you get So like you're like cold temperature you regulator. Yeah. Does, what? Like and I just noticed that all of a sudden I got cold and nothing else happened but I did just finish eating that burrito bowl. Okay. Two things. Burrito bowl sounds amazing. And then second thing is I've never known that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. It it makes a lot of sense when you like think about it. But yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, I thought you were going to be like, I got the chills. I had this really deep revelation about something. (laughs) It's like super deep. And I'm like, oh my God, share it. And (laughs) and it was not that. No, no. But I do think it's funny because we're, we've been talking so much about food. I know. Yeah, we have. We podcasting before the podcast. Um, you took a test that I sent you. I did. The other day. I did. And so I think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I'm kind of doing this weight loss, weight loss, not like challenge, like to lose as much weight. It's really a health challenge is what it is, where you're just kind of focusing on your health for a certain amount of days. Well, the cool thing about this one is that um, they sent me a test to do like 
it's not a personality test, but I want to read the description of it. Um, but it was really interesting to me that they would focus on like, it's not mental health, but it's kind of just like self-awareness, but it's different. It's like how you process things and, and stuff like that. So it's called the Kairos survey. You can take this test at kairoscognition.com. We'll link it in the show notes, but I just want to read like the description of what this is. Is that cool? Go for it. Okay. It says, your platform for self-understanding, ready to learn something new about yourself, developed by leading edge researchers and practitioners in behavioral science. The Cairo survey is the industry's most advanced assessment with the purpose of identifying your cognitive preference. What are cognitive preferences? Each of us has a first response to what's coming to us from the universe, a catch of what's there. Uh, what's fascinating is each of us has a different set of responses. Um, they have preferences in parentheses. These responses give us a different experience of reality. Sometimes this experience is similar to that of the person next to us. Other times it's so different we can wonder if we're the same species. Hmm. Maybe you've experienced that with your partner. I was literally just thinking, my husband. (laughs) Um, Why your cognitive preference matters. It's time to break the paradigm of these personality assessments and not only accept differences we have, but embrace them. So, and they say before you get started, there are no ideal scores. Report is predictive uh, of neither intelligence or aptitude for a certain job or role. Your score impact, your scores impact you powerfully, but you don't have to be stuck there. Your information is not shared with anyone, but anyways, cognitive preferences. This is basically how we view the world, how we process the things that are going on. So you and I could hear, um, we can both be in a room and it could be really noisy in that room and it doesn't bother me. Or it can be really noisy in that room and it bothers you, right? Those are the kind of things we're talking about. Yeah. So I sent, what were you going to say? Nothing. I sent this test to you because um, I learned a couple things about myself taking it. Uh, There's a free version and it's free and it gives you like, I think it's like 53 questions, something like that. It took me Mm -hmm. like 10 minutes, something, not not very long. Um, And so I went through it, answered them, and then they give you information about basically how you scored, but you can pay like an additional $10 to get the, uh, I guess, advanced insights, which I don't know that they were worth $10. They were helpful. <laughs> I would have paid like $5. I think $5 would have been a good price point. But yeah. either way, there were some additional things. They have like your assets, uh, at the assets of basically how you process the world and some potential hazards that you could find yourself in, and then like a quick win. Um, which I thought was pretty that interesting. That is really so, cool because that's not what I got. Yeah. It, it kind of makes it a little more practical with yeah. what to do with the information that you're that you're taking in. Yeah. So I'm not going to read through every single bit of this, but I will say that they focus on, let me see how many different areas, uh, a think like Six. your thinker. What was that? <laughs> Did you see that? What were you? I'm an associative thinker. I rely on structures in my brain that allow me to rapidly process divergent information. It allows me to instantaneously and simultaneously handle a barrage of information. Yeah. I'm a balanced thinker. So where did you score on that? Oh, like percentage? Yeah, percentage-wise. Were you like a 45? 32. And that would have been a negative 32? I don't know. Because it would have been towards associative... Uh, yeah, associative. Yeah, so that would have been in the negative. We're looking at like graphs and stuff like this. Okay, you're um, looking at graphs. I'm not looking at graphs. Oh, you don't have a graph? Nope, nope. I have a graph. You you paid it's, for it. You got a graph. I don't got a graph. 
So you want me to share my screen so you can see the graph yes. so you can actually get an idea of this? Okay. Sorry, y'all. Okay. Y'all don't get to see this. No. Uh, but but you're I'm you're looking at a graph eventually. which might make that make more sense because I'm like, no, okay. there's no negative in front of my 32%. Okay. Where the... Why can't I move this? What is going on? There we go. Bam. Okay. So do you see this is kind of... So I'm right smack dab in the middle. Yeah. I'm a balanced thinker. Like, yeah. Boom right there in the middle yeah. and then you would be right here at this like this area over here yeah okay so and then see here are the assets that you're talking about right here it says assets hazards quick wins stuff like that okay so anyways for me it says um that i can hold the attention of both associative and sequential processors equally um which i already knew i'm, I'm a nine like i'm i'm kind of in the middle of everything i try to find balance and everything and I try to hear out both sides and understand both sides. Uh, so that's not too shocking for me. And then, so then it, that was, a, I guess that's a pretty big piece of this is like how you think. And then it breaks down into these other little things right here. So it says um, they're going to focus on your, how you listen, how you observe, how you move, read, and how you talk. Okay. So one, two, three, four, five, five different things. Okay. So, what were you on listener? I was a balanced listener at 46%. Balanced listener at 46. Really? Oh, that's not shocking to me. I'm actually surprised I was as high. Like I'm a selective listener, uh -huh. um, which basically means that I, it says you may find some sounds so you may find some sounds produce a mild boost to your attention and focus. Your brain doesn't focus on the specific information conveyed, but the sound, but rather seems to ride it like a wave that raises all your cognitive boats. So sound doesn't like some people, I feel like it really, like you were talking about, like how it can really mess with you. Mm -hmm. It's when I'm like or, super, super, super concentrating or trying to get yeah. something done. And like people are talking to me and I'm like focused. And when I'm not in the converse, like it really can distract me. So for me, I feel like I can tune, I can tune people out pretty good, and I think some of that comes from parenting. That's yeah. so bad. Yeah. Like you, there's just all of this noise. But then sometimes I can't. Like sometimes it's if I'm working, I feel like I can get in the mode. But if I'm just like chilling and trying to hang out and I'm trying to relax, I really can't do that. You can't tune people out. You're like kind of mm -mm. bouncing all over. Nope. Yeah. But if I can focus in on something and I can tunnel vision then I can, I can tune everything out. But okay. if I'm just like out and looking around and like, I don't have something to focus all my attention on. Um, so there was that, that wasn't really my big takeaway. There's some stuff there about observer, uh, how you see the things. I'm not going to really get into that, but mover is what I wanted to get into okay. for me, because this was kind of the really big revelation, I guess, light bulb moment, aha moment that I had about myself. Okay. So I'm actually going to read this full thing. It says you're an active mover. When you activate your skeletal muscles, you generate a potent dose of compensatory neurostimulus. Under the influence of this stimulus, not only are you more resilient for physical activity, you think more clearly, store in memory more durably, and retrieve more reliably than you do when you are still. Active movements raise your alertness as you increase your activity levels, and you paradoxically experience mental fatigue the longer you sit still oh the more active you gosh. are as a mover the more cognitive functioning you tend to lose by sitting 
Okay. Oh my God. So Wait, I, this is my husband to a T. Okay. Is it really? Yeah, like it's blowing my mind right now. It's okay, but even think right about now. think about how I've how I told you just the other day. I was like, Ashley, I have such a hard time sitting still and editing for hours. Mm-hmm. I can't. No. And I told you, I was like, guess what I've been doing? I've been getting up, and whenever I start to get tired, I just do as many push-ups as I can. Yep. And I'll just do a quick burst of push-ups, and I feel like I've just invigorated, and I can sit down, and I can go for about another 30 or 45 minutes, and then I got to do it again. Yep. I thought that something was wrong with me and that I was broken because I'm going, uh, I mean, I guess I was comparing myself a little. I'm like, Ashley can sit down for a whole day and she can bang out X amount of weddings and I can't even sit here for 30 minutes and do this. I mean, that's literally my husband and I, I can sit, I, you know, I can sit down and sit at my desk all day long and not have to get up and still just be like super focused. But he crazy. like... I, we started doing the four hour work week with him with uh-huh. his homework and we've worked in after he finishes like his stint, whether it's like a one hour stint or a two hour stint on that project, finishing it. We've worked in 30 minutes of going outside and doing like disc golf putting practice or 30 yeah. minutes of going and doing laundry. So like he has this break at the end of every project to like get up and move his body because he yeah. has to. Or yeah. he'll sit there and go crazy and he's just like, I can't he he get frustrated like he- and... Does he feel like he like he's toiling, like he's not really accomplishing, much, like he's trying to, yes. and he's trying to get stuff done, but it's like hitting, he keeps hitting these walls. Yes, and he'll sit there That's and how be like, I, am. I have been working for 12 hours and I feel like I've gotten nothing done. And I'm like, well, you oh, probably oh haven't really been working for 12 hours. It's kind of like yes. what my smart ass inside thinks to myself, but. Yeah, dude. Okay, so this, so what this has shown me is like, Wow, I was actually onto something just by getting up and doing push-ups, but it's also showing me like not only like there's benefits to this like I need to incorporate movement into everything I'm doing because it will help me like optimize who I am and how my brain works. Okay. So here's the next part of this. Okay. Those who generate an active response to movement tend to have two speeds, full and stop. <laughs> we just talked about this. Literally, that's why I'm laughing. While you occasionally sit, you're rarely still. You often learn by doing... Okay, so that's true. Like, Lara gets pretty frustrated because I'll, like, fidget or I'll click pins. Like, if I got a a pin, I'm just, like, going ham on the pin, clicking it as much as I can, and I don't even realize I'm doing it Mm. until she's like, oh, my God, will you stop? So, um, you often learn by doing. Lectures and sit-down meetings are poor strategies for communicating with those of us who think best when we're in motion. It's no accident that the sports world, which is dominated by movement, has adopted the coaching and practice model. Because you tend to learn so well by practice, you tend to trust your own experience more than anything you see, hear, or read. Me to a T. Oh um, you respond to test drives, experiential learning, chances to fidget, get up and move around. The mover activates the mover activation often attracts us to hands-on management, and you can get your best information when you get out on the front lines. Moving improves brain function in all the obvious mechanical ways. Improves circulation, increased metabolism, more oxygen to the brain. At the same time, being in motion also imp- improves brain function in a number of ways cognitive scientists are only beginning to understand muscle movements gets associated with certain memories in the same way odors and colors do and assist in their retrieval. That's why many of us tap our feet, snap our fingers, massage our foreheads or shake our heads when we're trying to remember something. Oh, wow. I missed that the first time I read that. Much of us do this unconsciously. However, we become aware of ways we can associate our brain's ability to perform. So whenever I'm like thinking, I'm like, I'll do something like this or I'll like 
put my hands up to my face. It's really interesting. Yeah, you so, do put your hands up to your face. A lot. And you probably think like, oh my God, what's wrong? I don't <sighs> even realize I'm doing it. No. Um, <sighs> so he says assets. Okay. Generating a higher level of attention and energy from simple muscle movements. Reaching your best when you're fully active. I don't know if you've remembered me telling you too. I always feel my best when I work out at the beginning of the day. Yes. Always. Yes. I, I do it. I, I like to do it at night. Um, but I always start like when I start my day off at like 6 a.m., go to the gym, come back. I'm good. And I feel like whenever I'm working out and I'm active, I'm just getting shit done. Like I just am in this good space. And so it's showing me like I really do need to be incorporating activity into my day. Like a lot mm-hmm. of activity, even if I'm like, get up, I'm gonna do some push ups, I'm gonna do some squats. Go play disc Yesterday, golf with Justin. Me and, go play disc golf with Justin, which we're doing today. You know, all of this stuff. So, uh, hazard getting sleepy when you stop moving, distracting others with your fidgeting. Okay. So, this getting sleepy when I'm, when I'm not moving, dude, like I thought this was like a diabetic thing. Like, I've tested myself. Like, am I diabetic? I'm not. Because I will just get sleepy out of nowhere. Like I'll be editing and then I will literally start to fall asleep. And it's been 20 minutes. So I'm just like having all of these like big connections. Like I'm not broken. I'm just not optimizing myself. It's Um, cool. Okay, wait. What is your percentage on that? Uh, I was a 64. Okay, Justin's an 86%. Oh, you had him take it too? I just sent it to him and I said, hey, we're talking about this on the podcast. Will you take it? And he just sent me his scores. Um, I'm going to say I need you to upgrade your report. I upgraded my report too. Did you so you could read it? Uh-huh. Dude, like it is crazy. 86. He's distinctly active. He's way over here. Look. He is so... I t- I'm telling you, like as I'm sitting here like you're saying this, I'm like literally this is just Justin. Just like extreme... He is extreme. He's always wanted to just play sports for a living because yeah. it's so, so hard for him to sit still. Yeah. So quick win. Unless okay. you're a competitive swimmer in training, you're not getting enough physical activity. Justin. When you're, <laughs> when you're in motion, you're thinking more clearly, storing in memory more durably, and retrieving more reliability. Reliability. Oh, and retrieving more reliably. To be more effective, start increasing your physical activity. Start with fidgeting and pacing more. You can use this stimulus as a cheap, safe, effective, and wholly legal performance enhancer. If you need to read or write or perform other intellectual tasks, you can improve effectiveness um, and efficiency by working while standing, seating on an exercise ball, or in a rocking chair. Okay. Dude, so what this whole the heck? Oh, he only whole, wants rocking chairs, by the way. Oh, I love rocking chairs. I love it. Okay. So I have noticed this. When I'm thinking, I will get up and pace. Like I'll start pacing around. Or when I'm on the phone talking to someone, I can't sit down and talk on the phone. I am like, I get up there. It's like, where are you going? Who are you talking to? Like, who are you cheating on me with? I'm just like, I got to go. I have to walk and move and move around. I can't just sit still. So I'm really interested to hear what Justin's stuff is Justin, at 86. He goes, it's $10. I said, I know. Do it. And he goes, no. And I said, yes. <laughs> okay. So reader, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to, for reader, this was a big one to me. 
I'm dominantly selective. I want to be a reader, Ashley. Like, I really, really do. I buy books all the time. I like, I want to read. I just got a new book in that I started reading. And it doesn't matter what it is. Let me see. Uh, You're a selective reader. You may read as much as anyone, but you demand highly valuable, interesting, and useful text. And no matter how engaged you are in reading, you lose stamina more quickly than most. The effort you put into reading pays off in long-term retention. To compensate, you prefer to take on long texts in short bursts. So whatever I'm reading, and this is why I can't read fiction, I have to read like... um, high value leadership. I, I read a lot of books about theology. And, we are so um, opposite. Like uh, very useful, practical information. And it's got to be super. But I'm also wondering the same thing. Like when I sit down and read, I'm like, why can I only read for 20 minutes before I'm like, and not even that actually. Like sometimes it's pages. Like I'll read a page and then I'll start the next page and I'll read the whole thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, what did I just read? Then they talk about actually reading out loud and how people who are dominantly selective can begin to retain more information by actually reading out loud. They give a little statistic. What did they say here? Uh, They basically said that reading, and I'm not going to find it right now, but reading out loud, nobody read inside their head up until like the 1800s, I think, or something like that. It was predominantly done out loud. Everybody read out loud, and that is a way better way to retain the information if you read out loud. What did you score on reader? Oh, uh, 72%. Oh, okay. I am dominantly active. I love reading. (laughs) Love reading. But it says be fully present and enjoy the act of reading because, like, I'm an active reader, so I generate a strong neurostimulus from decoding text. Your eyes are attracted to text. Um, the text floats by without leaving an imprint though, because it doesn't get uploaded into long-term memory. So yeah, yeah, it just says be present and enjoy the act of reading. So I've been going to bed 30 minutes early so that I can try to read fiction because I love, love, love to read. I just don't make time for it. I I want to, reading just feels like one of those things that it's like, this is what smart people do. (laughs) <laughs> and I want to do, I want to do more of it. You, you should, you really should do audio, more audiobooks. I know that you I like think, have one, but well, like you should do it. I think, and so here's what it is for me. I like to write, like you told me you never write in your books, right? Like big no Never. No, because okay. no, it my doesn't books, look good. My books are like, you would think it was like a, I'm critiquing it or like grammar stuff in it. Like they're all marked up. And I think that that helps me focus because I'm like looking for the next bit of information to like highlight and underline. Um, so that was a big thing for me. Um, what did he say? I don't remember where I read about reading it out loud, but that was a big takeaway for me. Like whenever I do read, I need to read out loud to myself and it'll help me retain the information better. So those are kind of my two big takeaways from this. Did you have anything that really stood out to you for you? Well, I'm just now reading this like full report. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm at 50. I'm a balanced talker, whatever that means. When you think out loud, um, you will remember something you're reading when you read it out loud. You will solve a math, math problem more easily when you say each number in each step. Um, you'll process your emotional life more effectively when you say out loud what you're feeling. Um, people, oh, this is where it is. Where? It wasn't in reader. It, it was, was in, in talker. talker. Yeah, that's where they talked about the reading out loud thing. 
Yeah. I find it fascinating when things are saying I'm balanced. Like I'm a balanced talker. Um, I'm an act dominantly active reader. I'm a kind of close to balanced mover. It says you're a balanced mover, you alternate. Sometimes you're still and attentive, other times you're restless and active. You manage your energy best when you're aware of this cycle and honor it. Um, so I'm balanced there. I'm an active observer. I was um, in, I was uh, the only thing that I'm neutral in is observer. And that one really didn't make this observer one doesn't it like makes the most the least sense to me out of all of these. Yeah, I I I sit at the top of the second camel hump. Um, like oh, literally wow. at the top of the second camel hump. So, I'm an so active, that's active observer. Okay, yeah. Yep, I am more responsive to symbolic information and I'm most activated by facial expressions and body language, style and fashion and by the way we organize and decorate our spaces. You're also more likely to have things in your visual field catch your attention, movements, colors, and the new appearance of objects. If you buy something, it must look good. People strongly Mm. activated by symbolic information and those activated by essential information are at high risk of miscommunicating. One views a wristwatch. This is Justin and I. Oh, my God. We talk all the time. He wants something super practical, and I want it to look good. So we have to, like, figure out a way to, like, balance it so, like... It's yeah. very practical, but it also looks good. Like he wants to install like some kind of irrigation system in our backyard. And he like also wants to plant a cornfield in our front yard. And that I drives me <laughs> crazy. I'm like, no, that's going to look so stupid. But he's like, but it's practical. Like we have this massive, I mean, we have an ungodly massive front yard. Like at least three quarters of an acre is like our front yard. That's it's crazy. huge front yard he's like ashley we should use this for a cornfield and i'm like what no like we can put a cornfield in the back corner that no one can what is see. his what is his does he love corn or does he just no i just think he thinks it would look cool and i'm like have you done any research <laughs> on how to grow corn and he's like no i mean no what research would you need to do and that's I'm just like, an hour's I worth did. of youtube videos i oh you did i did and it's a lot of work to grow corn like a lot of work anyways so we're very opposite so it literally says Someone activated by symbolic information, me, and those activated by essential information are at high risk of miscommunicating. One views a wristwatch as a piece of style and fashion, of status or personal expression, and the other views it as a tool. If you don't know you're on opposite sides of essential and symbolic, um, you'll find out when you try to buy a car together. With a heightened receptivity to all of these nonverbal data, you're often able to make accurate decisions, me, I guess, I'm able to make accurate decisions based on that information you can make reliable decisions whether to trust each other or not whether to hold or fold in a poker game romance business negotiation um, or whether to say more or keep silent at the same time those of us with high intuition often over rely and overestimate our interpretive skills sometimes we intuit our way through a dark room when all we need to do is turn on a light and one of the brightest lights we have as humans is the question. To counter our tendency to jump to conclusions, we often benefit from practicing the strategies journalists and others with strong interviewing mm. skills use to draw others out without making assumptions or making another feel like they're the subject of an interrogation. See, I'm right there with you though. I don't know what I just read. <laughs> yeah. To me, what that sounds like is for the observer is that you or the observer category really, it's kind of focused on senses is kind of what it seems like. So what you're seeing and that you, we take those 
the things that we're seeing and they affect the way that we process. So if I were to, if I had a watch on and you and me were having coffee and I looked at my watch, what would you assume? That you're trying to leave. That I'm like trying to go home when really maybe I might just have gotten a text and I'm looking to see who it was. Yeah. My mind instantly goes to. Like they're ready to be out of this. They're ready to leave. This conversation is boring them. Yeah. Where Justin may just be like, let me just check the time and just, oh, it's noon. Okay. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, does he not want to be here? Is he, does he have somewhere to be? You know, something like that. So I think it's just how we, we interact. But yeah, that one is the most confusing out of all of them. But it also like, I'm wondering, like, I need to have Lara take this because I bet you were in different spaces and this can be a tool to help us like potentially solve some things that are going on. You know, yeah, we, we might have some aha moments about our relationship. Justin just sent me his report. I sent him my credit card and I was like, do it, buy it. So he bought it with my credit card. He's a balanced thinker, just like you at 0%, right? Yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I like it. You keep saying things when I go out of your Justin. So he's a balanced thinker. Uh huh. I'm he's, right at zero. He's at zero. He's at zero. Okay. Um, he's at 46% listener. I'm 42. What am I? 46. You? I matched Justin. Oh, cool. We are both, we are ba- balanced listeners. Um, mover, Observer. 86%. 86 freaking percent. Uh, observer, he's also at 86%. Really? Which, so we're both, that, we're both observers. He's just like insanely. That's weird. What was he on Talker? Talker was my highest one. I was the 71, dominantly active. Um, Mover, reader, reader, he's 42. Where's reader? Okay, I'm 72. He's 42. We're on opposite sides. That doesn't surprise me. Talker, he's at 89. I'm at 50. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's like way... He's like intense. He's like distinctly... This. He's like on the far right of most things. <laughs> like... <laughs> he's so funny so what is that you're an active talker okay no one he literally when yesterday we were coming up with his schedule it's just so funny because it's making everything make sense but he always says to me he's like i need you like or he says people like he needs to hire an assistant and i'm like you don't have money to do this he needs to hire an assistant that will just sit next to him so he can just like talk through things because he can't function unless yeah Somebody is just sitting and I'm like, Justin, I got shit to do. I can't just sit next to you while you work through this. So, so active. It says you're an active talker, which he's distinctly active, right? <laughs> yeah. So you think, you think this is me. You think best by pro by the processing of your brain to produce speech. Often, uh, your speech shifts in the course of a conversation. You're not lying or dissembling. You rethink as you es- express something, call it editing our thoughts on the fly. You get energy from speaking. As an active talker, you don't know what you don't know until you've put words into it for someone else. Whatever is on your mind won't come to fruition until you start talking or start visualizing yourself talking. Having an active talker performance often means that you have to repeat what you've learned in order to take the information into memory. When faced with a decision, you need to talk through the alternatives in order to fix them in your thinking. Although you rarely encourage to read... Okay, then that's the whole reading thing. Um, But yeah, like... I knew I was a process, like I needed, like if I was going through something, I needed to talk through it, but I didn't realize like, again, I just thought I was broken and that's 
a defect that I have to where for me, that's how my brain works. Mm-hmm. Like it is maximized and I need to lean into that. Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, Hey, I, I just need to talk something. I don't need you to fix it. Just like, let me work this out. Yes. And I think that's where Justin and I run into issues sometimes is because he'll talk and I think he needs me to fix it because I jump yeah. to fixing it. And he's like, I just, I don't, need to hear your voice right now. and I'm like so you literally just want me to and like uh, it's it's it, we will sit to have a conversation and I say no words at all Justin just talks and talks and talks and talks and we're like in an argument and it's not even an argument it's literally just me listening to Justin bitch about something and then whenever it's time for like me to say my piece he's like no I don't need to, and I'm now it's just making sense because he's just literally talk. Like he ha, he's talking through it. That's how he's, and then he's like, by the time he's done talking, he's figured it out. Yeah, but there's no room for me to talk. My mom used to joke when we were dating. Oh my! At one gosh. point, we were living in the basement at her house, and she literally used to joke when he she would hear him on the phone. She's like, "Does he have a word quota that he needs to meet every day?" <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> literally literally lara lara will sometimes tell me like oh my god will you just shut up like you <laughs> you, you talked so much it's but yeah i just that's I why I think, I think that's why i can podcast and why i can do all these other other things and yeah i talk a lot so i like try to get all my talking worked out so that lara doesn't have to hear it all day Oh yeah, I, Justin probably needs. Justin that needs a podcast real bad. He really does. I know. Him I, and Ashley need to get on that. I know. I know. I, or I we just can start sent, a disc golf podcast, dude. Dude, there would be nothing else in this world that would bring Justin more joy than just being I able feel to like talk would, about disc golf. He should. He. Should, I think feel like that would be a better thing served as a YouTube channel where he's like teaching people how to play disc golf. Yeah, and I keep telling him he needs to do something with it because, like, right now he's in the market for like buying discs and like selling discs. So like buying them kind of as an investment to like sell for profit. And so he's like studying what discs are like. His brother is very much into the football card world. I think I've told you about that. Yeah. And I don't think so. Oh, super. Like he's got like some rookie, rookie Brady's like, and a lot of these rookie Brady's are going for like, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars i used to be in the baseball card world when i was in high school okay yes so you get and for some reason so people are viewing cards right now as literally an investment so you can't go i like challenge you there's crypto too like yeah i think that that, i think that's a part of the whole thing people are finding value in other things other than just money money. yeah so if you go to a walmart right now or a target you're not going to find any football cards ever really people stand in line right now at every single one of these and wait for the staff to stock and instead of stocking the shelves the staff just like hands out the boxes of cards to the people waiting in line for the cards right now this is a thing yeah like how like like, is this pandemic recent like i don't know when it started i mean it's pretty recent like that that intense it i want to say yes it started during the pandemic but it's still going on like because typically they, your newer stuff isn't what's the most valuable. But you get a chance to get in on the newer stuff because people are realizing, because it's the rookies that yeah. are so valuable. So you get uh, in so and you, get them you, now. You hold the rookies for 20 years and then it's like, 
Right. And so people yeah. also, so they're buying these boxes. So because there's such a shortage of them, they're going to Walmart, buying a box for 20 bucks, getting on eBay, selling it for 100 or no way 100% like that is literally what they're doing because they're you you can't get them you can only get them I need to do that well yeah you just have to go buy them up and sell them on eBay yeah you just have to have the patience and go stand with the other people in line that's fine yeah let's do that for $80 profit Justin's yeah he tried it a couple times here but he doesn't know like you have to like get on the schedule with the people because his brother does it up in Kansas City or tries to, but uh, wow. the other day he did it and he was, poor guy was standing in line for it. And he was the first person in the line that didn't get a box. So like all the people ahead of him all got a box and then they were out of boxes and he was the first one in line to do this. And this, he's like 32. He's a lawyer. Like he, it, he's, and wow. he's standing in line with these like, people that collect football cards you know <laughs> i don't know how to be, like be nice about it but and that These was the nerds. moment yeah literally and that was the moment that he was like Should I be which by the way when this? was anything football ever nerdy true it's so interesting true true it's like the popular people thing. it's not like they're collecting pokemon like, cards growing up <laughs> you know um yeah. Okay, but literally, yes, they are because those are also have skyrocketed in value. So you can't really, you can find Pokemon cards, but like not like you used to be able to find Pokemon cards. Can I tell you a quick story about Pokemon cards? Yeah, I, I actually like loved Pokemon growing up. I did too. So Pokemon came out when I was in. We were young. We were in like elementary school. Yeah, it would have been like first or was it? No, maybe it was second or third. No, it would have been like first or second. It would have been we would have been really young. Yeah, we were I really. I remember when they. We were I remember like, when they first came out, and uh, it was like mid nineties. They were like a couple people that started to get them, and then they were everywhere, and everyone had them, and they caused so much trouble. They got banned at school because yeah. everybody had them out. Like you couldn't have them, like trading Pokemon cards on the bus. Oh, which by the way, Pokemon in Houston, I used to tell Lara this all the time, but I used to be on the bus for like two hours every day yeah. D- did you ever do that i don't remember how long i was on the bus no because i w- i lived pretty f- i lived really close but it was like two because our bus went to like four different schools and picked up kids oh, it would really? be interesting for me to get the route that we used to run then and run it now to just see i'm just curious because i it felt like an eternity when i was a kid maybe it was only like 30 minutes but <laughs> it felt like it was like two hours we drove all over houston yeah to like four different wild. schools no, we didn't do anything Anyways, like that of mine. I collected the shit out of Pokemon cards. And I had binders full of them organized mm-hmm. and the little leaflets and stuff. Okay, so then my family started going to church. And someone came over and this lady was like, oh, you have Pokemon cards? Those represent Asian demons. They're pocket monsters, Pokemon. Like, he can't, those are evil. He's got to get rid of them. And I had to throw my Pokemon cards away. My heart is broken for your childhood self and your adult self because those would have been worth so, so much, much money. man. So much. So much. But oh, she I remember oh. her telling me, and this is why I really think people like kids can get messed up at an early age with church stuff. Cause she told me, God is gonna reward you one day because you did this. And I remember thinking, like, 
okay, God's going to give me something better. And I remember think for years, I mean, this was like what I was in first or second grade, you know, however old I was thinking like, man, I wonder what God's going to give me. Maybe he's going to give me a Nintendo 60 and it never. So I had this distorted view of God all because some lady, you know, made me do that. Crazy, right? Man, adults, because if you think about it, it's like they, they do that. Like she did that with her best intentions, right? Like, yes. Like she yes. wasn't being malicious. In, in her, her mind, her she believed that I was a part of something very evil that would harm me. Right. In her and mind. the way that verbiage to you, like God will give you something better is so hard on kids to like, because they're, they have these wild imaginations and like yeah. the concept of God to them as like a child is so different than what it is to her. So yeah. like to, to you at that age, you're like, it's almost like, like the Santa Claus, like he's going to mm-hmm. give, he's going to reward me like physically, re- physically reward me. Yes, exactly. And then for like years, I'm you going to get that. some gift or yes. something like better. Like a physical, tangible gift. When, when, it, when an her, adult might look at it and go like, you're going to have a long life. You're going to be yes. healthy. You're going to, yes. all of these like non-tangibles when I'm expecting a tangible. Yes. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. You poor I don't thing know getting rid of it. all of your Pokemon <laughs> cards. Actually, I cried. I, I don't cried. doubt that. Like, oh. it was so, and then I remember my parents were like, well, maybe you can start collecting baseball cards. And I was like, I don't want baseball cards. And then, like, that was a high school thing I was collecting in high school. Wow. Do you still have your baseball cards? They're, they should be somewhere at my parents' house. And my dad gave me all his baseball cards. So there should be a big-ass tote of baseball cards somewhere at my mom's house. I should go. Next time we're in Houston, I should pick them up. Yeah, you should. And, and go through them. Yeah. So that's why people are doing them right now is because there's they're, like, figuring out that it's, like, it is actually, like, it's the long game. Like, it is, it's 100% the long game for a long-term investment. Like, somebody recently, like, their parents or something had this safe and in this safe they had like a Michael Jordan um basketball basketball card is that a thing it's uh-huh. got to be a thing cuz they're talking about Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan up, had a baseball card yeah he played for like a season he was terrible maybe that's it i don't regardless they found it in a safe and it was worth like like a small fortune like a, a small fortune and it was something they no didn't even way. realize they had like here he'd forgotten about and so there's just this idea of these like in this investment. And so Justin, the whole point is he's doing this with disc golf. So he's like these, there's discs with like limited edition, like prints and stuff like yes. that. Like, and yeah. uh, pro players, they like have limited edition tour series with like a stamp on it and stuff. So he's like following that to see if it's going to kind of, since it's such a new sport, kind yeah. discs are going to be like cards so he's oh, very fascinated in this. And I was like, you need to start a YouTube channel with like stuff like this. And he's like, I feel like I just don't know enough. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, like, dude, he knows. So we went, we were talking about this. Um, but I went out and played disc golf with Justin. I think mm-hmm. it was last week. I think and it was immediately I, I was hooked. I came home. I started researching discs. I had like three little cheap discs uh, that were like very basic entry level. And I was like, oh, these discs suck. And so I went and bought these discs I mean, rule. New discs. These discs And then suck. I got a disc golf backpack. Like, I just felt like a badass. And then I went out last week and played on my own. Me and Justin were supposed to play. We're actually going to go play today after mm-hmm. we record. But it's literally 
like when you were like, it's all he wants to do. It's all I want to do. That's like, so weird to me. because I told Lara, I was like, hey, after this next wedding, I'm going to buy a basket to put in the backyard. Like I'm going to practice uh, it. I'm just, it's all I want to do. And it feels so nerdy. Like I'm going to throw some discs at the park, but it's like <laughs> really, really fun. There's like, it feels like there's this high skill level. And that's what I think drives it for me. Like I see where I'm at and I'm not very good now but I know I could be good. Mm -hmm. So I want to get good. Mm -hmm. And it's like that drive to like, anyways. Soon you're going to be like Justin and you're going to be playing like Joe Mess Pro on the TV, that YouTube channel with all the turn. Like that's literally all we ever have on in the living room TV. It's Joe Mess Pro (laughs) disc golf tournaments. So I was, I was telling Lara, I was like, Hey, so how would you feel if it was like when it was really nice? Like if it's a nice day, I go play disc golf. And she's like, I don't care as long as I get to go do my thing. So Justin's going to have someone to play disc golf with all the time because Yay. I'm going to be. He can stop down, asking me to go. I literally haven't said yes in like golf. at least a year. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not going to go with you. No, I'm not going to go with you. I have things to do. But also looking at this Kairos cognition thing. The active. It makes a lot of sense because like mover, I'm not really a mover, whatever yeah. that is. Like I'm not really a mover. Like there's just all this. And he is like, he's an extreme mover. I'm like, no, I don't want to go do that. Like I felt, I feel so energized when I get back for that. I'm like, all right, what's next? Like, it's almost like, it almost seems counterintuitive. Like you might think like we need to just send out and grind it out and Mm -hmm. work when really we would benefit from stepping away for a couple hours, doing something very active and then coming back and like, boom, 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 hammering it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. So with this test, how do you think, like, just like kind of to summarize the end how can people find this beneficial i mean it took you reading yeah. and looking at like the, these graphs honestly for me to be like wait i need to pay that ten dollars because i yeah. really need to understand this because these yeah. quick wins are really cool honestly yeah so i would say you know this isn't like the enneagram to where it tells you your personality and stuff like that this is like the whole thing is about cognitive preference so how you how your brain takes in different things that are happening through, I want to say senses, but I think it's, I don't think that's the right word. How you see things, how you hear things, read things, speak things. So maybe it is kind of sensory driven. Um, And it'll just, I think it will help you make some connections. Like if you're like me, and I mean, you heard me and Ashley have these aha moments as we're reading this, like, oh, wow, that's why I do that because my brain works this way. And maybe you're somebody who thinks like you have this character flaw and really like maybe Ashley thought Justin, you know, has this character flaw of just talking Mm -hmm. all the time when really now she maybe sees like, oh, this is how he processes. He actually needs this. Like this is how his brain works. Um, And same thing, like Justin's going to have those same realizations about you and Lara would have those same realizations about me. So I think this is just a really good test to take. I think this is a good, like some people are highly devoted to like Myers-Briggs or Enneagram, but truly you can pull something from everything. So if you feel like you want to just do some self-development, kind of work on yourself, this would be a really good test to take. Um, Take the free version. You got nothing to lose. And then if you want to dive deeper, Ashley said it was helpful with the Mm -hmm. graphs and stuff like that. You can pay 10 bucks. And I mean, if you walk away, I mean, think about that. People spend a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars to go to a counseling session, and they not all and not every session have a takeaway. You can spend ten dollars, and I can almost guarantee you, you'll have a takeaway about yourself, yeah, and something to better yourself. So yeah, the, like I think that's who this might be for. 
For sure. Like just even this mover one, I'm relative, I'm balanced, but this, since I'm balanced, I guess it, I get both, ben- both tips, <laughs> yeah. but it's like when you're tired of a task, that's mental fatigue. Sleepiness or muscle fatigue is different. Sleepiness and muscle fatigue benefits from rest. By contrast, mental fatigue benefits from activity. Putting yourself Uh, in motion will activate a neurostimulus that sharpens your attention and energy. Are you losing resilience? Step away from the desk and go up and down some stairs. So it's just like, that's like a little quick win that it gave about me, which granted, I think that that actually helps you as well, Chris. That might be very similar to yours. But it's just these little actionable things. Like, yeah, aha moments. Uh, this was really cool. Yeah. Chris was like, let's talk about this. I was like, okay, I don't know anything about it, but I took the test. So let's go. <laughs> yeah, she did. And now I'm like, wow. But also if this you don't cool. read, you might want to do this like with somebody. Yeah. Because then you can kind of go through this. Like you do it with your partner. I don't yeah. like, I'm like literally like also cross analyzing it with the Justin's test that he sent me a text on. He sent me screenshots and I'm like, wow, I prefer yeah, to learn I about think- him than myself, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think this would be really so this is what our Friday episodes are hopefully gonna be like. Mm, you know, just yes. something random that we're learning about and and making this shift. So um again, thank you guys so much for listening to what we do. We really appreciate you guys. Let us know what you thought about this episode. I'd be really interesting, interested to get some feedback. Shoot us a message and let us know if you had like any connections or anything that you put together, any aha moments. And then also I'm gonna keep hammering this. Uh, home, but we've started a Facebook group on Facebook. You can find the link in the description, the show notes. Uh, there's only a few of us in there right now, but I see our listens and I know there are a whole lot more of you guys. So again, we're trying to build that community on Facebook to actually get some of you guys interacting with one another. Um, so go do that if that sounds interesting to you. You got anything to add, Ashley? I don't. We will just see you on Monday. Yep. Have a good weekend. 